Will and Christian in the morning. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Will and Christian in the morning. Got a great show for you today. As always, I'm Christian. I'm Will. And let's just jump right into it. Will, how are you? I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, this past week, it's it's all starting to feel samey more and more. I, I keep forgetting what day it is, but uh, I'm still trying to be productive and everything, uh, whether it be like talking to friends, hanging out with my family, just getting stuff done around the house. So that's all been pretty good. I think I've finally pretty much sorted out all of my stuff from my dorm for the most part. Oh, everything it already for sitting hmm? in my room. All yeah. my stuff is still sitting. I I think that's gonna be my project for today. Yeah, it's starting to clean. A lot of mine was sitting for a while, but I finally like just got in there and, and got a lot of it out of there. So that's good. good work. Um, but yeah, how about you? Um, I mean, pretty much same thing. This week feels samey. Um, like I really, I'm literally losing track of like what like day of the week it is, and just yeah. like what day it is. It's all sort of like blending together, but um, I'm doing some more work. I guess I started working for my dad. So like today, yeah, yesterday I like had to go into the office at like ten in the morning, so I had to like wake up early. And I was like, oh, I'm kind of tired, but I was like, it was good to like start the day and like do something instead of just like rolling out of bed at like one, like I did today. So, um, you know, like actually getting up and doing stuff feels nice and, you know, just still trying to keep active, going on walks and talking to people. But, uh, yeah. What did you do uh, at the office? Um, I think it was like some, I had to like fill out some report, like reporting like sales and cost of goods sold. So a lot of stuff I was like, I remember this from accounting and finance. <laughs> I was like, LIFO? I know what that is. Like, yeah. so some of the things felt familiar. So I was like, huh, I guess I do remember something. Nice. So that was cool. But yeah, it was good. So why don't we get right into the news for today? So as we mentioned last week, there was a table read with the Castle community. And I'd like to apologize. I gave the wrong date. I yeah, what the, the hell, Christian? <laughs> I said it was the 20th, it was the 18th. I'm so sorry. Like, I I think I, like, woke up on the 18th, and, like, my, I think my sister was like, oh, do we all want to watch the table read today? I was like, I thought it was the 20th. They're like, no, it's today. I was like, oh, well, I said the wrong date on the show, so it's I okay. apologize to all listeners. But, uh, you know, it's up on YouTube, too. So there is a, uh, they post the table read. Of the episode, and right after they posted a Q&A session. So, uh, I watched both, and it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, I thought Pedro Pascal reading Walter Walton Goggins' part was really funny, because, you know, if you know the episode, there's a whole sequence at the end where he has to give out canisters of sperm. So... You see Pedro Pascal, like, break character, trying to read each line about giving sperm. Like, it was just so funny. He bra- I think he breaks every single time he has to read it, which is, <laughs> like, he obviously had not read it before, which made it, like, ten times better. Mm-hmm. Like, but, he's, like, being all serious, and then he just starts breaking out into laughter. And it's weird, because, like, 
you can hear like kind of the Mandalorian like in his voice. So yeah, <laughs> I can't imagine him like with the mask on with the armor being like, "Here's your sperm." Here's your sperm. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a funny. That was a pretty funny image to think about. I also like the part where he's like, I think reading towards the end, he's like, um, you know, go out in this journey, become a true man, and then Ben Harmon is Delorean. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and it, it everyone really seemed to be having a really good time, especially Donald Glover, who oh, usually so when usually when we see him nowadays, he's a lot more serious or mm-hmm. like mellow than when he was on Community. <laughs> so it was nice seeing him be a little more wacky and having fun. Yeah, a lot more like Troy, and even like his speaking voice. Like usually he has sort of like a lower, like you said, more serious voice, but then. Like when he was talking during the table read, like reading his lines was sort of more high pitched, like Troy would speak. So I kind of like that, and I like um <clears throat> in the the Q and A session, um he was like, oh, we should make a group chat, and they're like, oh, we already have one. He's like, you guys have a group chat without me. <laughs> so like he he was like, I was just about to suggest that we all make one after this, but they had one for the longest time, but they just assumed he would be really busy. So he couldn't participate, but now I guess they're gonna add him. Nice. So after watching this, they did not announce a movie, but Sad. I really think it's more than ever kind of inevitable now. Just seeing how everybody, like how excited everybody was to be back. Um, like even Donald was like, he was kind of like, I miss doing this, and this is. He's like, I kind of forgot like how fun this was, and he was just like really, really getting into it. So I think that he would be so down for a movie, as would the rest of the cast. I think this was the perfect time for the show to hit Netflix because mm-hmm. what it was April first, it came onto the platform, and this was like height of quarantine where everyone's just binging shows. So it was really easy for people to get into it, and uh that i think kind of helped spark like its second wave of popularity so mm-hmm. hopefully i think it's gonna happen as do i i am optimistic yes yeah. yes very exciting all right so next in line uh recently some new images were released for the brand new phineas and ferb movie it's going to be coming to Disney Plus uh, summer of this year. Uh, so it's called Candace Against the Universe. I'm very excited for it just because getting something new from the, the fantastic team behind the show. And it's cool because uh, I follow Dan Poppenmeyer on TikTok, <laughs> who um, is the co-creator of the show and voice of Doofenshmirtz. And he'll post things of him working on the movie because they're still doing it all from home and he'll post clips of him doing like ADR and and like even sometimes fixing animation stuff. So uh, it's nice to see that it didn't immediately just stop production or anything because of coronavirus. Like they're still working on it and it's still going to come out at least around when it was supposed to, but I don't really know what it's about. So I think from what I remember, I read like the plot summary a while ago. I think it's like Candace gets taken to space onto a planet with like no little brothers i think that's the plot and okay. phineas and ferb have to go rescue her huh i think that i'm pretty sure that was the plot. so that's like candace 
against the uni- or against the universe because like she's in space. Okay, and I guess it seems like they're gonna bring all the characters together again because I feel like the only time uh, like the episodes always have those two different side stories that don't completely interact, mm-hmm. and I feel like the only time they ever did was in that in the movie in the first movie. So it'll be interesting to see if they do that again because that's always like a fun little dynamic. Um, yeah. But they, I found out that there was there might still be a cameo from a, a Milo Murphy's Law character, the other show that the those creators made, mm-hmm. which I haven't watched, so I don't really know any of the characters. But uh, apparently, like Milo, who's the lead in that show, was supposed to make a play a small part in the movie. Like they recorded everything with Weird Al, but uh, they cut it because. Apparently, the only place they could have put him in the movie was, like, a pivotal point where it would have made it seem like he caused, like, all the problems of the movie. So, they're like, uh, we're not doing that, <laughs> which is sad. Uh, but um, yeah. I guess keep an eye out for some little cameos. I hope they get, like, some familiar voices or something, too, to come in and, and do some lines or, like, side characters that you don't see much. Because that'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. But um, I think they'll they may or may not have a cameo because like they've crossed over in the past like in milo murphy's law there's like this whole this is gonna sound weird there's like this whole arc with like mutant pistachios mutant pistachio okay. monsters and they like take over the world so in like a big epic crossover event like they have to go find uh professor time who like invented time travel because they have to go back to uh destroy the pistachio plant before it you know mutates so they like they're like going through this like big headquarters and they finally find professor time and turns out it's doofenshmirtz nice so in the future he invents time travel and then there's a big crossover event with milo murphy and phineas and ferb so they you know they invent some sort of machine or robot to like help defeat the monsters but uh Mm. it's pretty cool but it was a cool crossover so i i would expect uh, Milo Murphy or some sort of character from the show to appear in the movie, which I'm excited for. Yeah, definitely. So we don't have a, a specific date yet, but keep an eye out for it. We'll probably let you let listeners know when uh, when the the date is put out. Sometime this summer is all they've said so far, which makes sense because Phineas and Ferb summer. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So speaking of other, you know. I guess revivals in a way. Uh, there is there was another first look at the SpongeBob prequel spinoff Camp Coral, Ugh. which is a it's a prequel to the SpongeBob series with all of the characters young going to the same summer camp. So like, and I've seen some like promo images, and first of all, it's like a CG animated show like the second movie or like a good chunk of the second movie was like Mm -hmm. much of the water and what the whole third movie is so they're not returning to the original like 2d animation of the original show now it's like this weird cg animated so i don't like that i don't like its existence but also like the plot like they all meet at summer camp it's like every single character like spongebob patrick Sandy, Squidward, Mr. Krabs, Plankton, like they all happened to go to the same summer camp where they were kids, which doesn't really make that, any sense. Isn't Mr. Krabs like way older than all of them? Yeah. <laughs> and so that and that doesn't make 
any sense whatsoever because I think in the very first episode of SpongeBob, like he didn't really know Mr. Krabs mm-hmm. because he was just ca- applying for the job. But like, so this doesn't really make sense. And I think it's you know, obviously I don't think that they should have done this because I think you know Nickelodeon just like Mr. Krabs are like, hello, I like money, <laughs> so they're obviously trying to make a few bucks with the show. But I, it's it looks weird. Yeah. I, it's, stupid i remember seeing in like the trailer for the new movie which i guess still hasn't come out yet mm-hmm. that was a big part of it so i feel like if that had come out on time that would have been the introduction of the show mm-hmm. because i remember even then people were like wondering if this was going to be like the precursor to a new show which people are very unhappy with because the creator of the show steven hellenberg um before he passed away he would always say that he didn't want any like crossovers, spin-off shows, or anything that like just deviated from the main show. Um I'm I don't remember exactly why, but probably just for quality's sake. Um and it's uh not surprising that shortly after he passed away they're finally deciding to make this mm. spin off show that he would not have wanted or agreed to. So Which, that's it's like yeah. not really respecting his wishes and sort of like blatantly obvious they're doing it for money. So, and I I feel I talked to Christian about this. I feel like at this point the show should just end and there shouldn't I be anything know. new because it's been on for like what since like a little before we were born. That's like, crazy. It's been on like twenty plus years now. I think it's. I think it's run its course, <laughs> but I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it turns out. I'm I'm obviously not going to watch it because it seems no, geared towards <laughs> very small children. But um, yeah, look we'll forward see. to that. I guess. <laughs> I, I guess so. Very weird. Okay. Um, yeah. So before we move on to. The main main topic of today, uh, last episode we did kind of what we have been watching and what we want to watch. So real quick, uh, let's just talk about something, maybe like one movie or one show that you watched uh, this past week. Oh, me first? Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> okay. Um, so I, like I mentioned last week and I've mentioned previously, uh, Dead to Me season two came out recently, and we just finished it last night. And I must say, I am a little disappointed with this second season. Like I thought, like the first season was really, really, really good, and the second season it was like they like did the same kind of plot tropes, but with like they like switched characters, so like something that happened to like one character in the first season now that's happening to another character in the second season okay. and it like introduces a couple new characters which i like and there are a couple interactions which i like but it's sort of like the same overall like plot structure but just different characters and they do some dumb stuff they do some cliche stuff like this isn't mm-hmm. really a spoiler cuz i'm not really giving context but they do a <laughs> They do a secret twin reveal early on the second season. I know. And it is just. mm. So it's like played by the same, you know, person. And I'm like, like, 
why why are we doing this? Were they played why? by Adam Sandler? It's <laughs> no. Is their no, name Toby? Like... <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. No. Um but yeah, like I remember like watching that and I was just like this show, like, you're dead to me. Dead to me, <laughs> dead to but, me is um, dead to me. Yeah, but like like and that was pretty early on. So like from like the second episode I was like, this is not gonna be good and like the whole season was just sort of like so samey. They didn't really do a lot of new things. Like there were a couple times where they did some new stuff and I was like, Wow, this is like actually getting good. Okay, and then it got bad again. Mm-hmm. So I mean it's not really bad. It's like fine, but like it could have been a lot better if they like tried new things. Yeah. And I uh. think they're I think they tried setting up a third season. I think it's already confirmed that it's happening, but like unless they do something drastically different, like I really don't want them to do another one. So And that sucks. Do you like, do you think you'll watch the third season if it comes out? Oh no, I'm definitely gonna watch it, but like I would just like I'm I would go in with like lower expectations. Like I'm like ugh. Because I had pretty high expectations for this season because the first season was, like, so, so good. Mm-hmm. But, and I was kind of let down. So I'm going to watch the third season because, like, I like the characters. I like the show overall. But I'm going to go in with pretty low expectations because I don't think it'll be that good. Okay. But uh, check it out. Dead to Me, season one and two, streaming now on Netflix. Check it hmm. out. All right. What do you want? Um, so... Uh, I've just been, you know, watching the shows that I have been like, I'm, I'm still watching Crazy Ex-Girlfriend on the last season. Um, mm-hmm. And I recently started watching Dark again, that German show that I've talked about. Mm-hmm. But it just it just takes me a while to get into it because I have to tr- translate while I'm watching, <laughs> um, which is a pain because I don't want to use English subtitles. But uh, the big thing that I, I started watching yesterday, I didn't quite finish it yet, is I watched Django Unchained which Ooh. i've been really enjoying so far because of your recommendation uh mm-hmm. and just because i've heard good things about it but i didn't expect it to be as like western like yeah. themed as it was uh it reminds me of like red dead redemption or something <laughs> in some ways like when they're riding around on the horses and everything yeah and i love that the one guy's german <laughs> mm-hmm. um and uh, they they talk about the story of like Siegfried at one point in mm-hmm. the movie where they're talking where the German like guy played by Christoph Waltz is talking about um, like the the legend of Siegfried and Brumhilda because Django's wife is named like Brumhilda after the legend and that was like something that I learned about in German class so I was like I know what that I is knew you'd like it I knew you'd appreciate the German folklore yeah. and I also. Uh, even though you told me, I still didn't expect it to be as funny as it was going in. Um, like obviously there's very serious moments, but there's also a lot of funny moments like that, uh, like KKK scene that you were talking about, which it was better than you described it. <laughs> it was so funny. But uh, I also did not expect it how gruesome it would be <laughs> like it's extremely violent but also it's like cartoony violence so yeah like, it's an interesting dynamic yeah like you don't normally see people's like brains getting blown out so it's like gross but also like 
that's not realistic. So you like, yeah, and it's okay. One of my favorite gags is always the the two of them like killing someone that they're supposed to kill or something, and then when everyone comes up from comes up to them, they just put their hands up, and he's like, he does his whole little speech like every yeah. time. Um, he's like, and... oh, I have a warrant. Can I reach into my pocket and grab my warrant? <laughs> and uh, I also really like Leonardo DiCaprio in this because he's. I feel like I haven't really seen him play like a monster before. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and he, he pulls it off really well and he pulls off the beard also. Uh, but I'm excited to finish it. I have like, I think I'm around halfway through it, but it's That's just, I, it is a fun movie. I, I, I think I expected something more serious, mm-hmm. but I am enjoying that. It's a, a little bit lighter than I thought it would be, but yeah, so I'm going to probably finish that today. But I would already recommend it to anyone who hasn't watched it yet. <laughs> Great movie. Yes. Yeah. So before we get into our main topic, I do want <clears throat> to throw out one more thing. So I don't know. I like don't know if I've mentioned this before, but uh, friend of the pod, Johnny Sebastian. You know he's a musician, oh. but um, he recently announced that um next Friday, June fifth. He's going to be releasing an EP on Spotify, Apple Music, and all those other platforms called Elevator Music. It's going to be a four-track EP with a couple songs, three songs that he's previously released that he's sort of like re-recording and remastering, and one new one that we have not heard. Ooh. But um, I don't know if he would want me to like tell you what they are, but... I know, like some of the ones that you really liked are on there. Really? Tell say. me after. Don't don't spoil okay. it on here. I will not spoil it on there. But um, June fifth, um, they will be releasing on Spotify, Apple Music, and all that, so you can find them there. And then you can find all his other music that he's posted on Bandlab right now. And I think he he's also said he's like working on new stuff, and he you know has like a lot of ideas he's throwing around. So. He claims that this summer is going to be very fruitful. That's how he put <laughs> okay. it. He's like, it's going to be a very fruitful summer. So uh, go follow him on BandLab and look out for some new tunes. Yeah. yeah. Excited. So, getting into our main topic today. Books. We're talking about books. Reading. Something Reading. that we both do often, right? Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. we came up with this little idea because there was news that came out maybe like last week or maybe like two weeks ago yeah. that there's going to be a new Percy Jackson series on Disney Plus. And if you are all any familiar with the books or the movie, you know, the movie is not very good. It's terrible. I have not seen it, nor have I read it, but I've heard many, many things about how bad it is. Well, I actually kind of like, okay, I kind of like the movie, but it's not a good representation of the book at all yeah so um but this series is going to heavily involve the author rick riordan and he tried to give input on the movies that came out and he was ignored so that's why they're not very like accurate to the books yeah so hopefully hmm? with this news yes sorry i'm sorry (laughs) yeah hopefully with this new series it'll be a little more closely tied to the books better but we'll see yes and there's a he has a website i guess where i think it was fairly recently he posted 
the emails that he sent to the producers of the movie where he was pretty much telling them how terrible it was and that it was going to fail if they put it out without changing it. And they ignored him and everything he said came true because he was saying like, these characters shouldn't be this old. If you want to make this into a series, they have to be at the age they were in the book. And like, you need to tone down all the language and everything because this is the audience is like nine year olds. (laughs) So they obviously didn't listen and it turned out how it did. But, um, the plan is to have the first season be the first book, which Ooh. is the one that I remember the most. I don't remember. I read the entire series and I don't remember most of it, but mm-hmm. if they pull this off and make it really good, I feel like it could be the next Harry Potter because it is such an iconic series, at least for people our age that with like tons of really unique characters and ideas that, uh, are also kind of educational so i feel like this could be a really big hit for disney if they pull it off right and i think they will but that yes good luck to the people creating it but that brings uh into question i guess the idea of like book adaptations in general because there have been a lot over the years there have been some really good ones and there have been some very really bad bad ones um so so, they were just kind of like talk about book adaptations going you know making books into movies or tv shows or miniseries yes books in general so we'll start off you know the percy jackson movies were not good what else what other book adaptations are good or not good well this is this is gonna also be a little biased because the times where I feel, like, at least for me, where I was reading the most is when I was in like elementary and middle yeah. and some of high school. So there's not going to be a lot of really famous old books, probably, or books that adults would read, but it would be more like young adult series with like the ones that were really popular when we were kids. Yeah. So uh, we have a little list here, and we've talked about this, talked about Lord of the Rings before good yes it's good i think it's one of the best book to film adaptations ever made just because of how much work was put in i've talked about like the hour long at like 10 hour long documentaries they have on those movies Mm -hmm. and how much pre-production was done and how much they got out of the books without sacrificing very much Mm -hmm. um so i think they're probably one of the best like book to film series ever done would you say it's like very very accurate too yeah well it's not perfect and i haven't read the books in so long and the books are very written uh they're not written in like a super modern way i guess Mm -hmm. but there's especially if you watch like the extended editions which add like three hours to the total runtime of of the saga. Uh, They really didn't leave that much out and whatever they did change, it works like stylistically for what they were trying to do. And it doesn't take away from the book. If that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. Like things that like happen in the book, but maybe wouldn't have translated as well to the movie screen. So they sort of like tweak it a little bit to make it a little better. Or a little more enjoyable for like a visual style and yeah 
And yeah. I think they, there were times where they like lumped characters together or like mm-hmm. got rid of certain characters entirely, but it still works. It's not going to be yeah. an exact translation, but they pretty much did the best that they could. Yeah, I got you. I haven't read Lord of the Rings and I might have watched them like a while ago, but I don't really remember. So I'll have to check them out. Yeah. But um, kind of going off of Lord of the Rings, they had the prequel series well the prequel book that turned into prequel film series the hobbit and what's your rating on that i mean i kind of like them but they're not good they're not good why are they not good because so the lord of the lord of the rings books were each long enough that they could have their own film i forget exactly the page amount of each book but the hobbit the book itself was significantly shorter than all of those books yet they stretched it out into three movies which was not which was never the plan and there are parts that are good there's probably like the the most famous scene from the trilogy is where bilbo baggins is talking with Gollum in like the cave uh and that's pretty much spot on from what the book has but a lot of them a lot of these movies are just filled with filler and action scenes that like never happened in the book or were way uh like they overdid it in the movies they added like love triangles that didn't make sense and characters from lord of the rings that were not in the book like they added legolas to the hobbit movies and he was not in that book oh uh because they just wanted to have legolas but probably the um the biggest defender is the last movie is called the battle of the five armies and has all these huge armies fighting. Meanwhile, in the book, I think like less than a page takes up for the entire battle because Bilbo gets knocked out and wakes up after it's done. So, so like one of the entire movies doesn't even happen in the book or they don't explain it in the book. So a good example of milking a franchise for everything that it's worth when you really don't need to. Yikes. I mean, I didn't realize it was that bad. But, wow. I mean, there's still there's still good things, and I think there's parts that do represent the books well, but there's a lot that went wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, another pretty famous book adaptation is the Hunger Games series, which I have read. I'm pretty sure I read all three. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all three. Maybe not. I think the last one, the last movie got made, like, spin the two. Yeah. So what is it? It's Hunger Games, Catching Fire. What's the last Mocking one called? Mocking J. Mocking J got split into two. I don't think I saw part two, Neither but um, I. I think overall it was pretty good. It was all right. Um, I feel like it was like fairly accurate. Yeah. And I thought like the movies were pretty well acted. I thought Jennifer Lawrence did a pretty good job. I think you know Liam Hemsworth, um, Josh Hutcherson. Wait, who was Liam Hemsworth? He was um. Oh, I want to say Gabe, but I don't know if that's his the hell's name. Gabe. It's like the other guy that Katniss was friends with. And okay. Like, like she was like her friend from her district. So then like when she was in like the Hunger Games, like like she and Peter had like the you know fake love or whatever. But then I think I really think his name is Gabe, but I don't know. Um, Gabe they sort of like made it into a love triangle to like play it up for the viewers of the hunger games. Oh, it's Gail. Like, Gail. I, it was something similar. It was close. 
So Gale. Okay, now that now that that's the right name. Wait, his last really name's really. Hawthorne. Is it really? He's, he's related to Pierce. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy, that's funny. Um. Okay, but like, do do you know who he is now that? Yes, I think so. So yeah, Gale. That's the name of him, Gale. Um, like overall the performances are pretty good, and I thought like the I, I at least the first movie I remember the most of was it was pretty good, I'll say. So, I mean, I don't know if they like there was that much dedication as there was to like Lord of the Rings. Definitely not. It was, it was pretty good. But yeah, I I feel like that was the start of like those grittier. Except Hunger Games was kind of gritty, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job of, especially I always liked the scenes where they're on the talk show, uh, with Stanley yeah. Tucci. That scene like always felt really accurate to the books, and even especially the beginning of the games themselves had that mm-hmm. feeling that of like panic and like anxiety that I think the the books did really well too, and the movies did that well. But I remember. The first two I liked, and then I just kind of got bored while watching part one of three. Mm-hmm. So I I think I was also just kind of done with the series at that point. But I do think that the first two were you know, well cast, well acted. Like, they, they were a pretty good representation. And I think the author helped make them. But I'm not sure. Yeah, I think that's really important in, the, in these, like, book adaptations. Like, you need to consult the original author. Because there might be things that, like, you know, in the movie that you want to change, so you should probably run it by the author, and they'd be like, oh, I mean, like, that's a good idea. Or they'd be like, no, that's not really what I had in mind. You should do this instead, and then that could make it a lot better. But I Mm -hmm. think it's really important to, like, if anything, if you're, like, basing anything on any kind of source material, you have to consult, like, the the original source material and the writer of the source material just to make sure... You're sort of keeping within the spirit of what they originally envisioned, mm-hmm. which I think some book adaptations like Percy Jackson, you know, that's a big problem. But overall, Hunger Games, fine. Yeah, it's it's not bad. But now, as we said before, probably one of the most famous book book adaptations, the Harry Potter series. Oh yeah, which I think everyone can generally agree is really really good, even yes. though. It is not completely accurate to the books. Yeah, they leave a lot out, they but still, but they still have a lot that feel. This is, mm. while Lord of the Rings, I probably think is one of the best. This is the one for me that feels the most like the books when mm. I've because I read them like concurrently as I would watch the movies, and they just felt like perfect. Yeah, and I thought the cast was perfect. Like Daniel Radcliffe is Harry Potter. And yeah. I think that was like brilliantly cast, and like the like everybody in the cast was like great, and the acting was great. Like I think the music is really good. Like I think it's crazy that like now if you think of Harry Potter, even if you think of the books, like you can hear like that theme that they wrote for the movie. So I think yeah. like the music is pretty iconic to the whole series, and you know, so that sort of proves like how good of a job that they did and i think like the movies are like really 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 good and i i think this was one of the examples where the author had a lot of input because i don't know how much on the movies though actually but i i think that jk rowling had a lot of uh 
influence or she was consulted a lot. But I, what I do know is that um, we all know Harry Potter, like world at Universal Studios, mm-hmm. massive success. And one of the reasons for that is because they worked extremely closely with J.K. Rowling and pretty much everything had to get approved by her before they would make it for the park to make things like as accurate as possible. So she's definitely a person who at least at one point really cared about like her world building and lore. And I think that also probably translated to the movie making process with that. If the theme parks are any indication, but I know that's completely different. Even if now, uh, (laughs) Uh, it's maybe it's not quite the same. Uh, And even like when it comes to movies, it's not quite the same. Like, I remember, like, a lot of people, like, hated the second Fantastic Beasts movie. Yeah. Like, I, didn't, I didn't see it, but I I had heard not very good things. But that's also because the second one didn't have any book to mm. base it off of. Mm. So, so that's it, just money. Like, yes. Money. And, uh, yeah, I don't know how that series is going to go, but I, if you don't know, for our reactions to J.K. Rowling, is that uh, in recent times she has made some questionable <laughs> uh remarks about like the lore of her story like she's made comments that make no sense uh mm-hmm. like there was no plumbing in the wizarding world so wizards <laughs> would just poop on the floor and magic it away or <laughs> suddenly characters that uh are suddenly like diverse or have these traits that they never had before because she wants to get mm-hmm. diversity points like yeah the big Dumbledore is gay thing, which I they actually did kind of do in the second Fantastic Beasts was something that I think she just kind of pulled out of thin air and said, yep, he's gay, even though there, it doesn't play into the story and it's never mentioned. Yeah, exactly. Like trying to be diverse for diversity's sake. And she's done that with a bunch of characters, too. Like I, the big yeah. joke is what's the next thing, next thing that she's going to say that. Will it completely change Harry Potter? <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I think I've on the like, I've seen like all these joke headlines, like um, it's like breaking news: J.K. Rowling announces that you, the reader, are gay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like stuff like that. Um, yeah, I think one of the big ones too was when she turned like Voldemort has this snake in mm-hmm. the movies that is it's not really a big character, but he just has the snake with him and. They turn her into a like a person in Fantastic Beasts, which something that was like never mentioned and it doesn't even really play into the story at all. But yeah. now she's a person and not a snake. I don't know. It's it's weird. It's a weird time for J.K. Rowling and the yeah. Harry Potter world. But before all that, and if you just look at like the movies, it's good stuff. Yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, she's something else nowadays. Yes. But so now there, uh, we've talked about some of these. Let's look at some of, I guess, the trends of these adaptations because it hasn't always been the same throughout all the years. Because mm-hmm. if you look at, and this isn't indicative of all book adaptations, but just the ones that like I or we know about, like I eighties and nineties, there were a ton of uh, like Stephen King novels that got turned into series or movies. Like you have The Shining uh the it miniseries uh there's others um, that i'm the one with uh, shawshank redemption shawshank redemption yeah <clears throat> tons that the, that all came out around that time 
even like other horrible like Carrie isn't Stephen King, right? Oh, I have no idea. Let me check. I don't think so, but I know like I think that came out sort of around that time. Wait, that was a book? Yeah, I was it? I don't. I feel like it was. Yes, it know, is a Stephen King book. Oh, okay. So they, there was another example, Carrie, but just like it just seemed to be like a lot of the big book adaptations were Stephen King books. Uh, just sort of like the 80s and 90s that time. So it was like a little cheesy, but, um, you know, it was still pretty good. And then moving into the early 2000s, we have a lot of these fantasy epics like we've mentioned the Lord of the Rings or Harry Potter. And the biggest fantasy epics, the <laughs> Dr. Seuss live action movies. <laughs> what, like the cat in the hat? <laughs> yeah, I didn't mean, I didn't mean, because all our documents says fantasy epics like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter, Dr. Seuss movies, which I didn't mean <laughs> no, for it to be like that. Very confused. That's just like another thing. But that was, it was around that time starting, I guess, with the, the Jim Carrey Grinch where... Oh, yeah. Where these movies started to get, like these kids' books started to get adapted into full-length movies. Polar Express also, even though it's not Dr. Seuss. Um, like, yeah, based on a book. Cat in the Hat, which... <laughs> oh, what a movie. Scary. But yeah, so those were pretty bad. But Polar Express I like. Um, mm. I'm trying to think of any others, but... Like, the they there was a Curious George movie. Oh, yeah. And then they made it into a show. Yeah, so there was a lot of around that time of movie or of books that either were like timeless classics or books that we had read as when we were really small children mm-hmm. being made into these movies. I think also where the wild things are that also got made, Oh yeah, which that's a great movie, but it's so weird. <laughs> yeah. I remember that. That movie made me upset. <laughs> <laughs> I should not have like, uh, Looks kinda uh, creepy. yeah, but it's very sad too. But, um, uh-huh. So that was definitely uh, a time. And I feel like a lot of those movies were not good, but some of them mm-hmm. were pretty good quality because they were taking these books that were like 10 pages long and making them into an hour and a half, two mm-hmm. hour movie. So they would always have to pad it out. Like the Grinch uh, has a lot of filler and stuff that was never in the book. Yeah. And then down the line there are some other dr seuss movies that sort of do this same sort of padding thing but we'll get into that in a minute that's later down the line but uh, then moving into like the late 2000s early 2010s then we have all of these like young adult novels like the dystopian franchises like we have hunger games divergent maze runner ender's game percy jackson you could throw in twilight Oh, yeah. And there's, like, sort of, like, the teen drama. So, like, they're, like, the books that are trying to appeal to the young adult. Um, You could say Fizzy Shades of Grey, maybe? That's not really... That's not a young adult book. Young adult, but, like, that's sort of, like, that... Those, like, I don't know, it's meant for a specific audience. Like, that was originally, like, a... It was a Twilight fan fiction... The author wrote like a Twilight fan fiction, and oh she yeah, had, like a lot of um, a lot of attention for that. And then she chalked, then she like threw out Fifty Shades of Grey, and now it's a movie. It's yeah, we movies. we will be doing an entire episode on the Fifty Shades saga. Uh, yes, we'll that. be doing a a live watch through um next Saturday, two p.m. Eastern. Uh, make sure to check us out on Twitch. Oh yeah watching it but it's <laughs> it's interesting that a lot of these movies were 
I guess it was probably, I guess the same with Harry Potter, but if you're looking at something like Lord of the Rings or even the Dr. Seuss type movies, these were books that have been well known for a while. When these movies were coming out, they were books that were pretty new. It was usually the book would come out, it would be a huge hit, and then just a few years later, you'd see the movie coming out, which I don't know if that would happen as much uh, like in the 80s or 90s, but it's definitely something now but even like when i was in school i remember that and i also remember everything being about a dystopian society that yes oh it looks perfect but actually it's this it's terrible and there's this resistance rebellion full of teenagers that are going to rise up and (laughs) defeat them with superpowers or with they shoot bow and arrows and stuff like that (laughs) like (laughs) oh and it's like I think that's what they thought appealed to the the young adult crowd. It's like, oh, you know, like we're kids and our world's terrible because we hate our parents and we're going to rise up against a man and like teenagers are going to rule the world. Yeah, I don't know. Like, Very strange. Yeah, I don't know why it was, there was such a focus on that. But I remember a lot of these movies that came out from these books, the books were usually pretty good i had to read maze runner in high school i know i really liked maze runner yeah which i don't i guess that's not a dystopian book but it's like i mean it kind of is a little bit it's like they're stuck in a maze yeah, i mean it's less dystopian and more just like yeah. bad society like i don't there know but teens. yeah and i i remember the movie was just really bland and yeah kind of boring like... and i feel like divergent did that also where a lot of these movies they yeah. would make them like grittier or more adult but they just ended up feeling really Boring. just like lifeless yeah i don't know but I, I, that's how i feel at least but no, I, I i i agree with that like i liked maze runner i liked divergent but then like the movies were just kind of like kind of like boring like like i like they tried maybe a little too hard to make it gritty and dark and sometimes literally dark and it was hard to see yeah, um, and they, there's so many grays and whites like it's that. It's just like boring. Like it doesn't. I get that it's supposed to be dystopian, but like seeing the same like grayscale color palette, it's just boring to. Or look like at. the big nondescript city that's kind of futuristic, but oh, not yeah. really. It's like somewhere in the near future, where like yeah. kind of technologically advanced, but it's like near future but society has changed so much. Like there's always like this revolution and like destroyed the whole city. And now they're like poor and run down. And now there's going to be a new revolution. I I don't know. Yeah. And I would always like lose steam by the last book. So I never would find out what happened. Exactly. <laughs> um, weird. But yeah, but I guess I now we're, thing... yeah, sorry. sorry. I remember one thing about divergent. Like I read, I think I read all three, and I don't know if this is a spoiler. If you haven't read it, just in it's case fine. Spoiler, in the third book, they kill off the main character. What? Um, what's her name? Triss. She dies in the third book. I don't remember why, but I just remember. So then, like the the second half of the book, I think is like four, which is like he, that's like the name of the guy, like her boyfriend, yeah. whatever. But then, like the rest of the book is about him, and I thought it was really weird, like they killed off the main character yeah like they do that in harry potter but they bring him back but like she just like dies hmm. like for the, and she's dead for the rest of the book i've i remember reading the first one and maybe oh, even the second one but i just got 
I guess I got bored. I don't remember. I don't remember anything that happens in this book besides that the guy's name was Four. Because it's like all the same sort of tropes that it's like the dystopian future and this one teen sparks a revolution and tries to change the world or whatever. And then there's a lot of resistance. I I have another one of those that I'll talk about in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so this like era, like a lot of, it's just, it's all boring because it's all the same. Yeah, you know, there's not not really a lot of unique stuff because, you know, they this is the kind of books that sold to like a lot of teens. So it's like if they broke, don't fix it, and then they just keep writing the same stuff, and then it gets boring. I also remember on the book side, there were so many not copycats, but uh, similar books to the big franchises that were not good either. I I remember there was a book about that I. I don't remember why I read it, but there was some kind of disaster outside. So these teenagers had to live inside of a mall and it was, it was so bad. What? It was just terrible. What? Yeah. I forget exactly what happens, but there's some kind of apocalypse or something happens outside in the world where they, they're on their way to school or something and they have to, they end up stopping at a mall and they just have to live inside the mall. That's really and it was really not well written at all. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just thought of another book adaptation. Ready Player One. Did you ever see that? I did. I actually I I read the book because I wanted to see the movie, but I wanted to read the book first. I I actually I liked the book, but it was very much like here's this nostalgic mm-hmm. thing that you know. And like there were parts of it that it was it was an entertaining read but it wasn't necessarily the best thing i've ever read but and the movie was similar but uh the movie was fine it changed a lot from the book and i didn't like it as much i mean i didn't read the book i just saw the movie and i thought the movie was all right and maybe leaned a little too much on nostalgia but it was overall overall was okay but like that's another one like teen living in a dystopian future kind of that but i mean there's the unique like you know going into the video game it sucks because there were parts of the book that would have been really cool to see in the movie like one of the big plot points is that so you haven't seen the movie the the whole thing is that the world is like gone to hell and everyone uses these vr headsets to go into something called the oasis which is this big virtual world where you can do anything pretty much and so like the main character drives like a delorean and stuff and does all this cool stuff and one of the main plot points is that at the beginning of the book the main character is poor and if you don't have money you can't do all the cool stuff in the oasis so he just goes to school in the in the oasis and <laughs> the big thing that starts off his journey in the book in the movie the creator of the oasis dies and he leaves this big easter egg hunt where if you find them all you get control of the game i guess Mm-hmm. and there's a big corporation trying to win and so everyone's been looking for the eggs but they can't find them and he finds out that i don't remember how he finds out but he finds out that the first egg is on the there's different like planets i guess like hub worlds and the one that he is on the school one has the first key and that's how he ends up getting off that world and doing all the cool stuff but in the movie he just starts off doing all the cool stuff in the world so like there were a lot of missed opportunities in the movies that they kind of cut out or in the movie that they cut out. And anyway. like it was directed by Steven Spielberg, which is really interesting. 
I mean, it, there were a lot of cool visuals. Like, I liked that the Iron Giant was in the final fight. And yeah, that was cool. Lots of cool cameos. Oh, the, uh, whole, uh, the whole shining sequence. That was odd. That wasn't in the book, and I think they did that better in the movie. Yeah. But, uh, but that's another sort of, like, dystopian teen future. So that was sort of the trend for this time, I think. Yeah. And now we're seeing a shift to sort of we're like they're shifting away from book adaptations movies now they're sort of making like these series like uh great examples that were super successful handmaid's tale which is a hulu series the witcher on netflix uh there's an upcoming silmarillion series which is based on lord of the rings they made catch 22 into a mini series with george clooney like i i read mostly read catch 22 what is it about senior year um it's weird so i think it's like this i think it's like it's like a a satirical novel i think like a black humor kind of thing Mm -hmm. i think it's about this guy who's in a war and god i really can't tell you anything about this but that's fine (laughs) I it's something about a dude in a war and no yeah he's he's in a war and he's like has PTSD that's like all I remember but um in it's like the characters are ridiculous and they are sort of like poking fun at like the stereotypes of like you know like the stereotypical like angry army general stuff mm-hmm. like that but um. Like, it was a pretty good book, but they made it into a miniseries on Hulu, and I just remember it starred George Clooney, but I didn't watch it. I remember mm. I kind of wanted to, but... I I read The Handmaid's Tale in school, and I tried to watch the series, and I watched the first episode, and for some reason, the show was pretty much exactly what I had imagined in my head, to the point where I did not want to watch the show, because I was like... Really? I'm just... This like- is just everything that I've already seen before... I don't know, but it was also like it's a depressing book, so I don't I don't think I really oh, wanted to to see all of that on screen, and I wasn't like really grabbed by the first episode. But I remember being like, "This is how I imagined this book." It was it was so weird, but That's crazy, yeah. yeah. But um, like I haven't read it, and I think I know like my I think my mom watched it. And she was like, but uh, maybe I might check it out because. Uh, the main character is Elizabeth Moss, who I love for Mad Men, uh, mm. and she was also in the new um, Invisible Man uh, movie, which apparently was really, really good. Uh, it looks too see- scary for me. <laughs> yeah, me too. But like the the trailers make it look really good. And she seems like she's doing a really good job. But um, I might check that out. Hmm. Uh, uh, that's another thing. I think Invisible Man was like an old book, right? Uh, that they sort of made into I think so. Was that one of the dark universe things, or is that was that its own thing? I think it was its own thing. Because I know it's like a, a classic monster, but uh, yeah, I think I feel like it was a classic book. It probably is, honestly, like Dracula or Frankenstein. Yeah. So there's a, but like that's sort of like an example of taking another thing, like in this time, like taking like really really old books, whereas like the early, like in the two thousands like the book would come out it would be really successful and then maybe like the next year a movie would come out but this is like now you're going back to like really really old book like older books and making new things out of them like they did a new it movie or they did two of them 
Uh, Call of the Wild was based on an older book. You could even say Doolittle. And Doctor Sleep, too. Oh, so you're Doctor getting more Stephen King Sleep. stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I, I feel like I thought I, I just thought of one, but I lost it. I also just remembered that Les Mis was a book. <clears throat> oh yeah. Oh, the I, I mentioned the uh, the Doctor Seuss movies, uh, earlier. So like Illumination made like the Lorax and uh, um, uh, the Grinch, with with the Grinch with the Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> I think there's a a Cat in the Hat one planned, or there was one. Oh planned. really? Interesting. And so now like, we're yeah. Oh wait, no, I was gonna say. Hanna Barbera stuff, but that's TV. That's not books. <laughs> Scoob. Um, oh, Scoob, I need to see that. No, I don't even want to watch it at this point now. <laughs> but it's fun for the whole family. And it's got that's a plenty lie. Of, plenty of zoinks and jinkies for any hardcore fan to enjoy. That was I saw <laughs> that on the i I find myself often perusing the Scoob Instagram looking for funny cool uh funny reviews of the movie that are positive but are most likely not accurate. yeah one time he christian sent me a an ad that was just in spanish for scoob <laughs> <laughs> i like the the my favorite one that i saw was a, i guess probably a youtube ad where shaggy it's like kid shaggy and scooby and shaggy's like go fetch and then scoob says stop trying to make fetch happen like for mean girls <laughs> What? i'll have to send you it it's so oh horrible god. that i love it like he I just saw... does the quote directly oh my god there was another thing i've seen we're gonna just start talking about scoob now it's fine so it's there fine are, like, two things two things so ken jong is in the movie he plays dynamite so he's in the masked singer he's like one of the judges right yes so um they so it starts like it's an episode of the masked singer and there's like some character that comes out. I don't know if what the costume is, but they start singing "Tricky," like you know, "It's Tricky to Walk Around." To yeah, walk yeah, around. yeah. So, but it sounds like Scooby Doo, and then Kedjog's like, "Wait a minute, I know this voice. I've worked with that voice." He's like, "Oh, it's Scooby Doo." So then they take off the mask, and it's the animated Scooby Doo on the masked singer, which I boo. <laughs> and then another one, which I have seen before, but I like just saw again this morning. Like, it was, like, young Shaggy and young Scooby doing tricks, like, fetch, roll over, play dead, and then Scooby did play dead, and then Shaggy's like, that's the best depth since Endgame. Boo! Uh, they are just trying way too hard. Meanwhile, one of the best ones that I've seen something like that is when Doofenshmirtz went on Shark Tank. <laughs> Oh, that was I remember that. That was so funny. That's a, that was actually good compared to Scoob on the Masked Singer. That's oh, ugh. That <laughs> terrible. Was, oh, and then there were these terrible Walmart ads for the toys where like it they just have like the stars of the movie like looking at toys. So then there's one with like there's one with Ken Jong and another lady who played another I don't I don't know who she is, but then like there's like a table of toys, and then Ken Jong is like playing up. He's like, "Oh, look at all these toys!" Hey, like, oh, girl. Damn, girl. <laughs> but then there was one with Gina Rodriguez who voices Velma, and Will Forte who voices Shaggy, and Ugh. so it was, it was like a mystery. They had a mystery machine. She's like, Gina Rodriguez, like, "Oh, this is like mystery machine unboxing," and like Will Forte is just expressionless, and he is like, "Look for some." 
or the, she was like, look for some flower power to find the first clues. So there's a clue underneath the flower on the mystery machine. And then Will Forte, again, like emotionless, expressionless. He's like, um, oh, what did he say? He's like, open the front, the, the driver's side for a scoob you can snuggle. So they open up the driver's side and there are like some scoob toys. And Gina Rodriguez is like, oh my God, he's so cute. Oh, can we keep them? Do we get to keep these? But so Will Forte just doesn't say anything. You have to send me that. But that not even smiling. I have to find it. I'm oh, just thinking it's... of the pictures of Chadwick Boseman doing the Wakanda forever and he looks <laughs> like he wants to die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was just, it's so funny because like, oh, it's so bad. Also, I I know we're still on Scoob, but I have one more thing for Scoob. Uh, <laughs> so they put out the first game. five minutes of the movie for free on YouTube, uh-huh. kind of just like as a little preview. And it's the begin the beginning is like the beginning of the trailer where it's Kid Shaggy and he ma- meets Kid Scooby, mm-hmm. and they have the famous uh, joke that Christian really loves, where <laughs> he's uh, the cops like first name, middle name, last name. Ugh. And they do the whole joke, and it actually has a decent payoff where he's like, well, if the dog has a middle name, uh, we can't charge for property damage or something like that. <laughs> where oh, It was so stupid that I thought it was kind of funny. But kind of funny. There was like another I... thing from that scene where they're like eating, sa- eating the sandwich, and like Shaggy's like chewing it. He's like, hmm, is that peppercorn? And then Scooby's like, it's sand. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, there's sand in <laughs> I don't like sand. Oh, um, this movie. And, yeah. Anyway, back to books. Back to books. That was a, that was a fun little tangent. So that was. Um, I guess we'll move on to the next point. So another thing that we're seeing a lot more recently, in uh, it's focusing on adaptations of nonfiction books, like like biographies or you know historical novels that are sort of being turned into movies or shows, like um. The Social Network and A Few Year Old Stupid Gesture, which I've mentioned before, and we've talked about The Disaster Artist. All those were based on real-life stories that were, like, made into books. Yes. Or you could even say, like, you know, the the big Hamilton book that was, like, the sto- life of Alexander Hamilton that got turned into the musical. Like, the, it was the basis sort of for like, at least, yeah. It was the basis. So, but it's, like, sort of this biographical non-fiction book that they can still turn into a pretty entertaining movie even if they like take some liberties changing some things playing it up a little more for the screen it's still like this stuff like really happened and i think like the um the big short i think that was based on a book but that was mm-hmm. that was about like the 2008 housing crisis i think but i've heard that yeah. too, pretty good too mm-hmm. yeah but um and there are a lot more movies based on books than you might think. Yeah, I, I I wrote a little list here where I looked up like famous book adaptations, and there were a lot that I had I didn't know were books originally, uh, like God, the the Godfather, which I haven't seen, but Me either. Um, I always just equated that with the movie. Never really thought that there was a book. Uh, same with Fight Club. Um, American Psycho. These are movies that, again, I haven't seen, but I've heard things about, and I only ever hear about the movies. The the one big one that I did know was Jurassic Park. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's um sorry, it's based on the the Michael Creighton novel, which I actually want to try to read this summer. I have it on hold right now at the library, but 
I don't know exactly when it was written, but he also wrote The Lost World, and I think there might be another one. But uh, the movie actually differs a lot from the book. Like, the the two kids, Tim and Lex, that's their names, I think, mm-hmm. oh. they're swapped in the book. So in the book, Tim is the older one, Lex is the younger sister. Mm. So there's a, there's a lot. There are a good bit of other changes, but... I don't know what the whole like, story of the book is, which hopefully I will soon, but definitely goes into a lot more detail. And I think a lot more detail about the ethics of making dinosaurs and the, the like science, the fake science behind it in the book, mm-hmm. which I think that could be really interesting to read about. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. And I didn't know Carrie was a book. So there's that. Yeah, well, there we go. But, um, yeah, so a lot of these famous movies are based on books, but we didn't know that. Yeah, because we, we don't read, because I yeah. can't read. <laughs> what up? I'm Jared. I'm 19, and I never <laughs> learned how to read. Yeah. But, you know, but I think that this trend of making books into movies probably won't stop, because no I think in Hollywood, everything is based on something. So... What would you say would be a book that you'd like to see turned into a movie or a TV show? Yeah, so I have a few. I'll, I'll rattle them off. Uh, so the first one, this is another young adult series that I really enjoyed when I was in probably like the end of middle school. Have you ever heard of the Unwind series? I have not. So this is actually a really dark series, and I don't know why it was a young adult series, but it's written by Neil Shusterman, who uh really great author i think i forget there's a couple other books that he's written that are not in that series but before i even talk about this i just remember the core line was also a book that oh, just popped really? into my head right now yes it was neil gaiman wow. book which i have read and it's even darker than the movie oh. but anyway um so unwind so the series is about this dystopian type future where mm-hmm. the there's a big problem with like juvenile delinquency and there were a lot of issues with like abortion laws and stuff. So the, the solution they came up with after like the civil war was that it was like a second civil war. And the, the solution they came up with was between the ages of 13 and 18, a parent can choose to unwind their child, which means that they go through a surgical procedure, which takes every part of their body and gives it to a person who needs it. So they take like all of your organs and they give it to like people who need it, who are on the waiting list. They take like your skin and give it to people. It's yeah, it's really dark, but um, the main part of the the story is these three kids who all kind of cross paths. Uh, The one is just a kid who, uh, did something like delinquent so he finds out that his parents are going to unwind him so he runs away from home a girl who was left on someone's doorstep and raised by a family which was also a thing you could do you could leave your child just on someone's doorstep and they would have to take them in or something like that and then oh. a child who was born to was raised to believe that he would be this big sacrifice like they're raised to give their body like to someone else so they're raised to be unwound 
and they all kind of cross paths in this big incident in the town or something and so they all go on the run and of course there's a resistance of teenagers and but the book really gets into like a lot of ethical things about like um not about like abortion and stuff but about just like life in general and Mm. like freedoms and stuff i forget exactly but as dark as it sounds it's a really good read and surprisingly like mature for the age group that it's intended for and as the books go on there's a lot of really cool concepts like there's one character that comes in who is made completely from like unwound parts so there's no part of him that's original it's all from somebody else so he's kind of like a frankenstein character who has to learn like who they are um and there's been a movie planned for a long time but it never got made and now i think the switch has been made to an hbo series but one of the reasons that a lot of people wanted to see a movie is that there's this short film online on youtube from a few years ago that uh it tells like it's from the point of view of someone being unwound and it's like them going through the process Mm -hmm. with this nurse and it's terrifying but it's really good and i think it's based on like a one part of the book that they talk about in like one of the chapters but very dark and now that i'm talking about it very like uncomfortable but it was a really good series wow and yeah the guy who wrote it he's just a really good author um so there's that (laughs) um (laughs) drop that bombshell uh on you but the other big one that i would want to see is frankenstein which doesn't make sense because there's tons of frankenstein movies like the really old one and even more recent ones but i in last year in my english class we had to read the original mary shelley frankenstein book and it's so different from what you would expect because you know in the 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 classic movie you think of frankenstein as this like monster that's just like whoa and just kind of stumbles around and you got like igor the weird little science dude and all this stuff but the book is actually really different it goes a lot into the victor frankenstein the scientist's life uh it goes into like his guilt about making this monster there's no igor in the book there and frankenstein himself the monster i guess the monster not frankenstein um is actually able to talk and has all these feelings he like runs away once he's created and you find out that he's learned about humanity by watching this family who lives in this cottage he's learned english he's learned history all this stuff and he just wants to be like accepted but everyone takes one look at him and uh tries to like kill him or run away which kind of reminds me of shrek actually (laughs) but the story is really well told and something that would really translate well to the screen i think if it was like adapted from the book and not changed a lot it even starts off in the middle of like a ship crashing and them finding this guy and then he tells the you find out it's the scientist and he tells the whole story like it's i'm not explaining it super well but it's a really like deep story that i don't understand why they never just adapted the book straight on and they made all these changes but i would like to see that that's really interesting yeah anything for you um so there's this big series that i used to read when i was younger 
called The 39 Clues. Have you ever heard of it? It sounds familiar, but I don't think I've ever read it. So basically, it's about this these two siblings named Amy and Dan Cahill. And they have like a really big family. The Cahill family is very big and um, pretty influential and rich. So their grandmother, who's like the matriarch of the whole family, dies. And she leaves in her will she can say like oh for anyone anyone in the family you can either choose to take like i think it's like ten thousand or like a large sum of money like a million dollars or a clue for an even bigger larger treasure that i've hidden somewhere so amy and dan take the clue and then they go on this big hunt for like the 39 clues are like she has you have to like find out the big treasure that their grandmother hid so they have to go like all over the world and they sort of discover just like how big and influential their family is and like at the same time like aunts and uncles they've never met are also trying to find the treasure so they're like fighting each other and it's like I got. It's not really like as dystopian as the other ones, but it's like a really cool sort of mystery thing, and yeah, it had this weird like trading card thing. Like each each book came with a set of cards. It was like really like they're really big. It's not really like a card game like Pokemon or something like that, mm-hmm. but like on the back of like you'd have like a character on the card. And on the back, there would be, like, a piece of a puzzle. And then once you collect all in the set, you can put the puzzle together and you f- figure out, like, a mystery. So it's sort of, like, an interactive mystery in a way. But, like, the um, they, like, hired people to portray the characters for the cards. And so it's like they kind of already cast the movie. But um, yeah, there were, like, all these rumors about a 39 Clues movie. And I think it would be a cool... I remember, like, back when I read it, I was like, oh, I'd like to see it in, in a movie because I really, really enjoyed it. And, But it, there are, like, a lot of books. And it's not one author. It's, like, several authors. Like, Rick Riordan is one of them, and he wrote the first book, I think. Mm-hmm. But then, like, the next book is written by someone else. Then the third book by someone else. Fourth, fifth, and So it's, like, a whole slew of authors all writing this, like, one story. So I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, that's really um, interesting. I I looked it up and I saw the logo and had like flashbacks to childhood. So I don't know if I've ever yeah. read the books. I think I might have, but I've definitely seen them a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that was like a big part of my childhood, and I still have like a stack of cards in my closet, like in a little in a in a Bakugan container. <laughs> it's like it's like right over there in my closet. I know exactly where it is, but it, it was like these weird cards. It, it was strange, but um. Yeah, I'd, I think I'd like to see those turn into movies. I'm always up for a mystery movie. <laughs> always. Well, then you should check out Scoob streaming now. No. <laughs> but it's the epic origin story of the greatest team of heroes. Shut up. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. I would definitely want to see something like that made. Any other anything else? Um, that's the one that came to mind because, like we said, I don't really read a lot. <laughs> but um, me neither. <laughs> well, that sounds like a great way to end our episode. Here's the lesson, kids: 
don't read books. Yeah, don't read. It's books stupid. are boring. If you're gonna read a book, just watch the movie about it. Yeah, it's they're fine. all they're usually way better than the book. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you everybody for listening. Um, tune in next time and make sure to stream Scoob, which is available right now on for twenty dollars. Twenty dot. Maybe like pirate it if you really want to watch it. Maybe just wait a few weeks till it, you can rent wait. it. Or just don't watch it. Yeah, it's fine watch too. It. Watch okay. the live action Scooby Doo instead. Or watch Mystery Incorporated on um Netflix. That's where you yeah. get it. All right. Well, thank you everybody for listening, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Bye.